Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McCain. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. So we're in a series that we're calling Bridges. Will you shout that? Shout, open the window and shout it outside to your neighbors. Bridges! <laughs> you're, already, you're already the crazy neighbor, so you might as well just own it, right? And so we're in this series that we call Bridges. And let me kind of help you see what we're talking about, kind of lay the premise. We've already done a couple weeks of this. We're going to continue on for a number of weeks. But in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, this is Jesus speaking. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus is giving us kind of a mental picture of what it's like to follow him, and what it's like for those who are not following him on this wide, big, giant highway that's leading to destruction, and narrow little road. He's actually talking about the ancient pathways from thousands of years of people walking around the same little ways to get from areas to areas, these little footpaths. And so we connected that to these moments in our journey with Jesus on these paths that we're all, as Christians, we're on that narrow path. And as we're walking, as we're going through our life, we come to these places of impasse, these places where below us is a great chasm. Across on the continuation of the path is nothing more than a bridge, sometimes this little rope-looking bridge, this scary place, sometimes a real secure bridge that we feel comfortable with, but nonetheless, bridges. Areas and times in our life where we have to cross over something we're not comfortable with, something we don't want to fool with, something that maybe has held us back in times past. Areas of our life that we said, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. And I can't tell you over the years as a pastor how many Christians I've watched get right up to that chasm, see that little bridge and go, no, I don't want to stop it. I, I, I am so overtaken by fear, I'm going to camp out right here. Or you know what? I'm going to stay in my loneliness and I'm not going to get across that and get to the other side in aloneness with God. And that's the teachings that we've been bringing you through. And so today, we're ready to go into our next bridge. Are you ready? Write this one down. Our next bridge of today is the bridge of worldliness. That's right. Write it down. Worldliness. Say it out loud. Worldliness. Here's our key scripture for this passage or this teaching about worldliness. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, look what it says. Titus 2 and verse 11. Give you a second to turn on your Bibles. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no. Come on, say no. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Continuing on. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So in this passage in Titus, it gives us a word, word uh, worldliness. That Jesus came to deliver us from our own worldliness. And so we see in Scripture, as you read through the New Testament, you see this word worldliness. You'll also see, as it's kind of comparing to, sometimes it's the word fleshly or carnal. And so you have multiple words that in Scripture is trying to identify our 
sin nature, our habitual desire to go back to our old ways. And the Bible uses terms like worldliness, fleshliness, uh, sin nature. Um, And you see Paul interchanging these terms. You see Peter doing the same. And so today, as we talk about the bridge of worldliness, I want to kind of help you identify, what are we talking about? We're talking about our sin nature. We're talking about our desire to run after the old way of living, even though we're Christians and we love God, that there's this thing inside of all of us that sometimes just, just, oh, it looks so good to go back to that old way. It looks, man, that, I don't understand what's really wrong about that. But what we learned in Titus 2 is that the grace that was poured out on us actually gives us the ability to say no to that sin. I can't tell you over the years I've heard people preach and try to even live that the philosophy that, you know what, grace allows me to do whatever I want. Oh, it's just grace. You know, it's okay for me to live like this because grace, I'm just under grace. Nobody judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Actually, what Titus says is that grace is poured out on us to give us the ability to come out of our worldliness, to come out of our sinfulness, to come out of that nature that is so common to us. And when we look through Holy Scripture, we find that the Word is constantly challenging us to come out of that. In fact, look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it talks about the pattern. Look what it says. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Say it out loud. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's a pattern in this world. Let me explain to you how I see how this works. So because humanity, because every one of us, have sinfulness about us. Can you imagine? And people without God in their life, how much sinfulness dominates and dictates their life. Where for thousands of years, men and women of sinfulness have led, have created systems, have created these opportunities, have made the way that we think and and the way we do life and those kind of things. They have put those systems together. And the Bible teaches us even the demonic forces have inspired them. And so what we have is a world system that is a fallen system. In fact, when Jesus is about to be crucified and he's standing before Pilate and they begin to accuse him and falsely accuse him and say all these things, and he says, listen, let me explain something to you. Not only am I not of this world, but if I wanted to, I could tell my disciples, and in this world, in this worldliness, I could dominate. I'm I'm paraphrasing, of course. He says, but I'm not of this world. I'm of another world. Come on, Christians, do you understand? We're not of this world. We're of another world. We're living outside of what it matters in this world because we understand that there's a greater reward awaiting us in a world that we know as heaven, the place to engulf. And so there's a worldliness, a worldliness that we live in. A way of doing things, people cheating each other, people lying to each other, people being prejudiced, people being hurt and murdered, all these stealing, all these things. All these things are a world system that we as believers live in and many times are attracted to go back into or to have those ways in our life as well. And so what I want to teach you today is how that wickedness, if we're not careful, will begin to cause us to stop and we say, that's it, I'm not going any further in Christ. Because remember, the whole reason for this teachings of the bridges is I want to keep seeing you grow in God. I don't want you to stop at a place and say, you know, that's it, this is as far as I want to go. Because the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 17 says, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. In my name, they'll cast out devils, they'll heal the sick, come on, they'll raise the dead. We are supposed to be these men and women who are changing the world. But what happens is we get on these, this little small pathway and we get to places like, I don't want to, grow, I don't want to go any further. I, I don't want to go any further in God. And we have to cross those bridges. We've got to cross this bridge of worldliness. I don't know about you, but I feel like I cross this bridge probably every day. Every day, trying to come out of my own sinfulness and my own worldly way of thinking, the way I was raised 
the way I do things, the way I've seen other people do it. And I want to come out of that and keep on the path with Jesus into a place of purity and righteousness before Because that's what he died for. So that you and I could say no to this wickedness. Are you with me? Say yes. Do not conform any longer, but be transformed. So, so here the Apostle Paul is teaching us. This world system, we become Christians, but we have a habit to conform back into the world system. To go back into lying. To go back into lusting, to go back into gossiping, go back into talking bad about, go back into our prejudiceness, to go back into our hatefulness, go back into our bitterness. We have a tendency to conform, but he says, don't do that. Be transformed. Be transformed. Come on, you know you love that movie, Transformers. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Look at this other passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is actually dealing with the New Testament church. We're 40 years into Christianity. They're on fire for God. And he, look what he says in verse 1 of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now, even now. After I've been with you, I've been teaching you and showing you the way. Even now, you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. Remember, fleshly, worldly, carnal. These, are, these terms are kind of interchanged to use to talk about our wickedness that still, we still fall back into. And for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Hey, church, you're still jealous and, 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 and striving and strife and hating each other. Is, there not, is that not fleshliness? And are you not walking like mere men? So Paul's dealing with that in that moment. In fact, there's this moment. I love this passage in Galatians. Because there's this moment where Paul actually has to rebuke Peter. Let's turn there quickly. Galatians chapter 2. Come on, we're talking about worldliness. And so the early church was still dealing with their worldliness. I mean, these guys, I mean, you talk about, they're just one step removed from being every day with Jesus. Peter, who has been personally mentored by Jesus... Look what Paul says in chapter 2 of Galatians, verse 11. It says, and when Peter came to Antioch, he said, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Because verse 12, before certain men, he came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. See, Peter had this worldly peace about him. You know his worldly bridge he needed to get across? He loved the approval of men. He loved being popular. He was scared of disappointing important people. And this is a worldliness. This is not how God is. This is not our redeemed nature. This is what needs to be transformed. And so Peter himself, now listen, you've got to understand, in this moment, Jesus has died, resurrected, ascended into heaven, and everybody's looking around like, ooh, Peter, you're, you're the boss. And he has been like the boss. Paul comes on the scene, and Paul don't care. You got to love you some Paul. He is type A. And he's like, now listen, hold up. So I know Jewish tradition tells us that Gentiles and Jews cannot eat together because the Jews see the Gentiles as wicked. But these Gentiles have gotten saved. And so when you come over here to Antioch, to the church at Antioch, you eat with us, and you talk about how great God is, but then when these Jewish brothers come, you, you pull away, and you won't eat with them anymore? He says, I rebuke you. Jesus name I rebuke your worldliness Peter's a good man he just has worldliness like we all do he just has a bridge to cross like we all do we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory the glory of God but we're redeemed we're believers we're followers we're on that narrow path and then there are those moments where we get to that spot and we're like ah 
golly, I don't know if I want to cross that thing. So I want to give you a couple possible signs that maybe you're on the worldliness bridge. Is that okay? Just help you. It's like, is that, am, I, am I on the worldliness bridge? What does that sign say? A couple of signs, potential signs. Number one, you have no desire to engage with Jesus. That's a possible sign. Like, you know, uh, uh, mm. y'all going back, I hope it works out for you. Uh, I really hadn't engaged with Jesus in, in a few months since the COVID-19. Or, you know what, I don't, uh, I, you know, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I don't need all that worship stuff and reading the Bible stuff. <laughs> it's a waste of time. That's a possible sign that you're on that worldliness bridge and hadn't made it across yet. How about this other point? You're plagued with guilt. That's a sign that you're on the worldliness bridge, that worldliness is pulling you back in. Because let me tell you something. A blood-bought, spirit-filled, love Jesus with all their heart Christian, carries no guilt. I don't carry guilt. I sin all the time, but I don't carry guilt. Why? Because I'm redeemed. It's because it's Christ living in me, the hope of glory, not me trying to be good for Jesus so that he'll accept me. I've already been accepted. Okay, so what happens is when I stumble, when I fall, when I get to being worldly, I recognize I'm on the worldliness bridge and go, whoa, get out of here. And I get across that thing and say, Lord Jesus, help me. I don't want to be like that. And I break off those things. Are you with me? So when you are carrying guilt, that's proof that you're on this bridge of worldliness. We got to get past it. We got to get through it. How about this one? Old habits and attitudes have crept back in. Old habits and attitudes have, pressed, have crept back in. Come on. COVID-19 got some of you on that one right there. Let's be honest. Old habits and attitudes have crept back in. You so mean your kids don't like you being at home. They wish you would go back to work. I mean, that old attitude has come back in. That old worldliness where and some of you are so hard on your children, so hard on your spouse right now. That's that old attitude. That's not who you are in Christ. That's the old worldliness pulling you back in. How about this one? How about this next one? You have been harassed. By defeatism. You're being harassed by defeatism. Nothing is us. Nothing works. Where is God? Life is terrible. I can't believe what I'm going through. It's not fair. That's defeatism. Last I read, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. Last I read, I'm a son of the Most High God. You're a son. You're a daughter. Why are you acting defeated? We already read the end of the book. We know we already win. We're on the right team. We're at the right time. We've been given life for such a time as this. No weapon formed against us can prosper. All those that rise up against us shall fall. These are momentary light afflictions is what the Bible says. So why are you walking in defeatism? Because you're on the bridge of worldliness. And that sinfulness, that fleshliness is getting the best of you. We've got to get across that bridge. Here's another sign. You still with me? Another sign. And that is you're bored. You're bored. I have been on this bridge so many stinking times. I'm bored. Like, how can you be bored? I'm talking to myself. I am looking in a mirror. I'm not talking. How can you be bored and have the spirit of the living God living and abiding in you? The ability to heal the sick, raise the dead. Why are you bored? Because of fleshliness. Because I've watched so much Netflix shows. That my flesh, I'm on that bridge of worldliness, and I smell like it. Come on, are you with me? we got to get across that thing. So if you don't mind, I'd like to give you a couple. Of, I, I always hate when preachers try to tell me what's wrong with me, but then don't tell me a solution of what the Bible says on how to get past it. So let's get past it. So here's some thoughts on how to cross the bridge of worldliness. Are you still with me? Say yes. yes. Come on, you still love me? Say yes. yes. I love you. Number one, here's the first way I would tell you to cross this bridge. Number one, get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. I'm going to tell you right now. You got to get in the spirit. So what is he talking about? That's proof we need to help you a little bit more. 
Because that is an inside verbiage for those of us who understand the things of God. I want you to understand something. God himself never intended for you to try to be a good person. Or to live holy or to not be worldly. See, what he did was for thousands of years, he proved to his people they couldn't do it. He gave them a law. He gave them what was right and what was wrong. And said, all right, go ahead. Try to do it by your own strength. They couldn't do it for thousands of years. So then what he did, and we find this in the book of Acts, where he pours out his Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, to not only just come and touch us, but to dwell within us. And what happens many times is we get out of step with the Holy Spirit. In fact, look what Galatians 5 says. Galatians 5, verse 16, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You will not act worldly. You will not be fleshly. You will not act carnally when you walk by the Spirit. Frank, can I tell you something? When I figure out how to every second of the day to be good at walking in the Spirit, I'm going to teach you better because I'm still learning. I'm still stumbling. And sometimes I'm in the Spirit. I can feel the Spirit of the Lord telling me. And I'm like, yes, I'm right in step with Him. And we in step, boy, we, we, we are doing it. And another time they're like, I know there's a Holy Spirit in my life somewhere. But where is he? And I've gotten off some kind of way. So that's why I'm telling you to get in with the Holy Spirit. Get in. In fact, I picture it like this. And the Bible talks a little bit about this. But I feel like what happens is the Spirit of the Lord. See, when you become a Christian, let me help you. When you become a Christian, the Spirit of the living God came and abided in you. Before I was a Christian, I did not care a flying flip if I cussed you, if I stole from you. In fact, I saw you leaving your stuff on the, on, on the seat of your car as an opportunity to bless me before I was a Christian. So I would take that. I would cuss you because you deserved it. I would hit you because you shouldn't have even looked at me like that. But once I became a Christian, I asked Jesus in my life, and I asked him to forgive me my sins. His Holy Spirit came to abide in me, and then I got convicted. And I felt bad about cussing you. You ble- mm, I probably shouldn't say that. Before, I never cared. Then I started learning about the baptismal, the baptismo in the Greek of the Holy Spirit, an empowerment to not just have the Holy Spirit living in me, but to be fully immersed with him and his power flowing through my veins. The Bible says the same power that rose Christ from the dead dwelling through us. The person of the Holy Spirit giving us power to overcome. Overcome. That same power. I want to sidebar for just a moment. If I hadn't had the Holy Spirit these last few weeks, I would have lost my mind. See, our church is a multiracial church. One-third black, one-third white, one-third Hispanic, a sprinkling of Asian. My black brothers and sisters have been so wounded and so attacked. And we're looking at a continuation of prejudice and racism. The men and women in our church who are African-American, they are hurting so much. And they're looking around going, are any of my white friends or Hispanic friends going to say something, do something? I want you to know, as a pastor, I'm pastoring multiracial. I'm not just pastoring white people, not just pastoring black folk, not just pastoring Hispanic folk, and all the needs that go with culture, and Asian, and South Africans, and all the different ones, Guatemalans, and Brazilians, and all those needs. And I have, I have been on my face. And had I not had the power of the Holy Spirit in this season, I probably would have went up and shot somebody. I have been that angry and that frustrated. You say, well, 
It don't look like it. That's because I have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me, keeping me from doing something wicked and vile and harmful. Saying something that is not powerful or life-giving, but death-giving. And I don't want to be that person. And I'll say to you, church, especially Church on the Hill, to all my white, Hispanic, Asian friends, our black family members need us right now. They need us. They don't need you to say, well, I don't, I don't understand. I don't have no problems. That's called indifference. Yes, sir. Indifference. And indifference is just as wicked. It is it's just as wicked as doing the wrong thing, being indifferent and doing nothing, right? Wickedness prevails because good men do nothing. And so I need you. I need you in this moment to be filled with the Spirit. I need you to not squelch the Holy Spirit. We got to get across this world. We live in a wicked world. We live with unjust people all day long. We have wickedness in us. And we got to get across that thing and walk in purity and rightness. He came to set us free from our own wickedness. And one day we will live in perfect peace. It probably won't be on this planet. One day he will set everything in order. And one day he will gather every tribe and tongue. And there will be proper equality in that moment. Until that day, we've got to be filled with the Spirit and not let the wickedness around us draw us into hate, into bitterness, and indifference. I need you to step up. I need us to be the church in this moment. Here's the second thing that I would teach you on how to get across this bridge. Are you still with me? Say yes. Come on, you still love me? Say yes. Here's the second thing I would teach you, and that is you need to renew your mind. You need to renew your mind. That's the Romans passage that we looked at a little earlier. Romans chapter 2 and verse 12, excuse me, chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your mind is a sponge, right? It takes in what you've seen, what you've heard. My wife always laughs at me. She goes, you didn't even see that movie, movie, but you saw the trailer for it. And so now you think you know something. All I did was just see it. I mean, my mind grabbed a hold to an image. And now I think I know something. Right? You, just, you know how that is. You know, you overheard a conversation. You think you know what's going on because our mind is so quick to grab a hold of things. You know, I, uh, I've, I've become, I'm a huge TikTok fan. And I'm scared to say that now because of how wicked TikTok's getting. Or maybe always was. I didn't know. And so, and so I just, I found myself the other day. I'm scrolling through. And, I, and the reason why I like TikTok, I'll tell you why I like TikTok. I like TikTok because it's 60 seconds of people's stupidity. And I just love that. Like, that's the greatest, all right? But the problem with it is, is how wicked our world has become, and it is uncensored, right? And so I have heard more curse words in a 10-minute looking through TikTok than I've heard probably in, in, in 10 years. And I started realizing something. The other day, I was sitting there, and I was going through some TikTok videos. That's hilarious. Blah, 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 beep. Trying to get through it, you know. And I sat there, and I turned, turned my phone off, and I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, I could hear all those curse words in my mind. They're just replaying over and over and over again. I don't curse. I'm not saying that's, you're going to go to hell if you curse. That's, that's a worldly way. That's not God's way, right? And so, because he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. And so, and, so I, and so I was like, man, that is in me. And what I had to do is I had to sit there and renew the thoughts of my mind. And what I did was every one of those curse words I said, in the name of Jesus, I'll take you out of my head. There you go. 
and I get you out in Jesus' name. And I get, uh, I'm not going to say that, ever say that. Don't think that way. I'm not going to repeat that in my mind. I'm not going to replay it in my mind. And I started doing what the Bible says, to think on those things which are lovely and honest and of a good report. And I started thinking on the Holy Scriptures, started washing my brain with the Holy Scriptures, started washing my brain for all the anger that I was starting to feel and sense about injustice. I started washing it with the Word of God. I started washing it. I started quoting those passages of Scripture over and over and over again. Be filled with the Spirit. Renew your mind. That's how you get across this bridge. <laughs> Years ago, I had a friend of mine that I hadn't seen for a while. Really loved God. Good family. I hadn't seen I was real worried about him. And so he calls me. He says, man, can I meet with you? I said, sure. So he shows up, and he starts telling me the story. He said, you know, I was loving God, faithful to the church, wife and I. He goes, but you know, I got to working late and started missing out on being in services with people and stopped connecting with my small group friends and stuff. I had these friends from back in the day that started calling me, and we started hanging out after work, getting a beer or two. And he said, you know, before I knew it, you know, I was, I, uh, he said, Pastor, I'm basically I'm a drunkard now. And he goes, uh, he said, I'm about to lose my marriage. My wife doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I'm back, you know, addicted to porn. You know, I, you know I, my life is in shambles. He says, but I love God. I didn't have this teaching then. I didn't have the teaching to say, dude, you own the bridge of worldliness. That's what you own. I just looked at him and said, well, when's the last time you prayed in the Spirit? When's the last time you uncrypt the hose and let the spirit of the Lord flow. You, you know how on the water hose when you're a kid, you know, you crimp it, let your little brother look at it down the end of it, and you know, look, put it all on his face. That's what we do. We crimp the hose and we don't let the spirit of the Lord flow through us. And I said, when's the last time you let the spirit of the Lord out? When did the last time you engage with Jesus? He goes, man, it's been a while. So I said, grab my hand. And I began to pray in my prayer language. I began to pray in the spirit. Just kind of stir up the spirit of the Lord that's within me. And as I did that, he began to weep. He began to pray in the Spirit. It was like something shifted. You know what it was? He was stuck on that bridge, and he had been there for months. It was going to go on a couple years. And being stuck on that bridge, he was going to lose his wife and kids because they continued on in God. And so all of a sudden, that thing went and broke loose, and it was like he went across that bridge. It was unbelievable. He got to the other side, and right there in front of me. I mean, I, you know, of course, all this is mental Im imagery, but he got across. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. He went home. He called every one of those buddies and said, listen, I love y'all, but I ain't going out drinking with you no more. That's stupid. If you want to come to church with me, you want to get right with God, let me tell you my story. He went home, repented to his wife. She stayed with him. Their marriage got stronger and stronger and stronger. He's on fire for God even to this day. Got to get across that bridge. Here's the third thing I would teach you. Last one. Third thing I would teach you on how to cross this bridge. Number three, and that is you need to reinstitute the spiritual disciplines. Reinstitute the spiritual disciplines. I was telling, I was remarking this to our staff and some of our leaders just a couple days ago. I was like, listen, guys, we, you know, we've been officing from the house. You know, you ain't got to even change your clothes. I, I talked to one of our leaders. He'd been in the same set of clothes for four days. I'm like, I'm so glad I don't live at your house. <laughs> Just saying. And uh, he goes, no, I don't sweat. I was like, yeah, right, okay. And so, and, 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 and I was telling our leaders, listen, we've gotten sloppy. And we've got to get back the disciplines. The spiritual disciplines like praying every day. Reading our Bible. In the past, I've heard... People say, man, that's just dead religion. you got to read your Bible every day. I just, I just, whatever God says to me throughout the day. Listen, that's not religion. That's called discipline. And 
the people who are the most disciplined are the people who go the further, furthest. Think about it. The man who disciplines himself and doesn't smoke cigarettes, his lungs are going to be a little bit stronger, aren't they? The person who disciplines themselves and works out, their bodies are a little stronger than those of us that think that's the devil. Anyway, but there are these, these disciplines in the things of God. Fasting. So I would challenge you. Fast for a couple of days this week. I'm fasting right now because I want to see something broken off our nation. Get into the disciplines again. Pray every day. Read your Bible a little bit. I was so encouraged by one of our great leaders who said, she said, I'm going to listen through the whole Bible in the next couple months. I thought, my Jesus, that's three hours a night. I know how long it takes to listen through the whole Bible. She's committed to it. There's a discipline there. See, when you get those disciplines back in place, that worldly attraction doesn't have any power to you. So you just kind of can throw them to a side and get across. Let's review for a second. How do we cross this bridge? Number one, you and I got to get in the spirit. If you don't have a prayer language, I would love to see you receive your prayer language. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come to our encounter in just a few weeks. We want to see you have the power of God flowing through you. The second thing is renew your mind. Take those thoughts captive. All those thoughts. Mm, remember how it used to be? Mm, how much do you enjoy the smell of that, that marijuana? Mm, you got to take those thoughts captive. Throw them to the ground. Stomp on them. Renew your mind. Refresh your mind with the things of the Lord. And then the third and final piece that I would teach you, and that is to reinstate the spiritual disciplines. I want to encourage you in something. We all are going to cross that bridge of worldliness. Some of us are going to cross it a couple times a day. Some of us are going to have to go across it once a week, once a month. But we're all tempted and pulled aside. But here's what the Bible says. That the Lord our God will not allow us to be tempted beyond that which we can bear. And he will then always make a way of escape. And so if you've been tempted to go back to your old way of living, if you've gone back into that worldliness, that fleshliness, and you feel these signs that we talked about, you don't want to engage with Jesus, you're bored in Christianity and your life with God, all these signs that we kind of alluded to earlier, then friend, I want you to know you can get through this, you can cross this bridge. Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. But the word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. And you can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.